Hello and welcome to the Slow Home Podcast. This is the podcast all about slow living in a fast-paced world. I'm Brooke McCallery. And I'm Ben McCallery. And welcome to episode 225. Thank you. You're welcome. This is a three-peat. It is. Yes. Yeah, we have a guest who's appeared on the show twice before. And let's do a little bit of a test for everyone. She appeared in episode 30 and then again in 93. Mm. Mm. Who could it be? Pretty illustrious company, I think, this guest is in. I think we've had maybe... One other? Maybe two. Yeah, Belle probably definitely for three. Yeah, there was one recently too. Mm. I don't know. Well, anyway, so it's none other than Rachel Jonat. It is. Rachel from The Minimalist Mum. I love talking to Rachel. Her kids are not dissimilar ages to ours and she and Mm. I always have really good conversations about the reality of simple living with young kids because it's not your Instagram version of simplicity uh, in my experience and nor in Rachel's. So it's always, I don't know, it's kind of nice to just have a conversation with someone who gets it and gets where you're coming from and who has their own advice and insights and expertise to offer, but also she's just real about it. And even her circumstances are very similar to where we are at the moment. Yeah. So going back to the first time I chatted with Rachel on the Poggy, she and I had a really good conversation that actually had an impact on my personal view of what simplifying and and slow living could be because she was someone who was embracing that lifestyle in the middle of the city. She lived in Vancouver. She had three young kids, had what looked like a, a full and busy life, but was able to to live it in a simpler, slower kind of way. And it really did make me rethink what simplicity looked like. It didn't have to be, you know, living in the country. It didn't have to be anything particularly. And she also kind of highlighted the fact that there was a lot about city living that makes parts of slow living a lot easier. And then we had a conversation in uh, episode 93 Mm -hmm. about how they combine simplicity with kids, which I think is a really, it's just an important conversation to have because so many people hear about what we do and they're like, well, that must be nice if you don't have kids. Well, we do and it is possible, but it's not necessarily something that is spoken about a lot. So how is this conversation different to those two? This one is very different because Rachel and her family have just made a huge move um, away from the city. And I, I'm, I'm not going to give our conversation away, but it was really interesting to kind of compare where she's at and her family and you know where they're at and why they decided to move and what the reality of that move has been and, and will continue to be. It's fantastic, actually, to be able to go almost full circle with them and, um, and see how they're living their own values. Yeah, absolutely. Because what I referred to previously was that they're very similar to where we are at the moment and, you know, selling a house in a city and then going and and living somewhere that, I don't know, is just totally different and not necessarily regarded by society as like a great decision to make. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's, it's, I don't want to say countercultural, but it sort of is. No, but it kind of goes against conventional wisdom of, you know, building wealth and all that sort of stuff. And, you know, Rachel and I talk about this a bit that at some point you just have to go, well, yeah, that's fine. And I get, I get it. But what about the life 
part of it. Yeah, I want to say so much more, but let's leave it mm. to the episode and let that speak for itself. Yeah, so before we get into it, Rachel has just brought out a brand new beautiful book called The Joy of Doing Nothing. And I mean, I love the title of it in and of itself, but it is a really practical look at ways to structure life and create space in your life, no matter how busy it is, to find pockets of time to simply stop and do nothing. So I would highly recommend that you check it out. If you're finding yourself as the year begins in earnest, struggling to to slow down or to keep some of that holiday slow in your life, just go and check out Rachel's book. I will put the link to the book in the show notes. Uh, and you can also find everything out about the book over on Rachel's website, theminimalistmum.com. And that's mum with an O, mom. Uh, but mom. enjoy, mom. Enjoy my chat with Rachel. Rachel, how are you? I'm great, Brooke. How are you doing? I'm so well. So much better for hearing your lovely Canadian voice. (laughs) You love Canada. We're here. It's true. Waiting for you. I know. I know by the time this comes out, we'll be in Canada. That's crazy. And I'll be cold and it'll be lovely. (laughs) I can't wait to be cold. Yeah. It's cold is actually fun. I'm learning. I'm actually enjoying the cold. Yeah, well, that's it. I mean, because you guys, last time we spoke, and you've been on the podcast twice before, so this is, I think you're one yeah. of our first triple triple appearances. Woo! Yeah. <laughs> Welcome yeah. to the club. <laughs> we spoke a lot about the fact, so initially you guys had moved from the Isle of Man to Vancouver, uh, and we spoke a lot over those last two episodes of the benefits, I guess, of simple living in the city, like urban life has so many benefits when it comes to simplifying and slowing down, which we don't necessarily tend to think about when people think of simple or slow living, they automatically go country, they automatically go like living on acreage and, you know, raising chickens and all that kind of stuff, which it totally can be. But what I loved about those conversations with you is that you showed the other side of it, like family, urban living can absolutely be simple and slow in certain ways. But you've had a big change recently and you guys have actually moved to a small town in the mountains in BC, haven't you? Yeah, we um, we like pulled up our roots from downtown Vancouver and uh, sold our little two-bedroom, 1,100-square-foot condo and moved to a town of about 4,000 wow. in the Kootenai region. And we, we bought a house. So yeah, we've had like a major kind of shift, which some of our friends and family were really surprised by. And um, some other friends who like, we've kind of been talking about these things for a few years with were, were not too surprised. Mm-hmm. We'd been, we'd been kind of for the last two years, scouting out um, cities across British Columbia as an option to move to for a possible kind of early retirement, pre-retirement mm-hmm. um, plan. And we were going to kind of leverage our Vancouver real estate because Vancouver's just had explosion um, in the last 10 years in real estate prices and uh, downsize our, our real estate equity so that we could work less 
And so we we've been thinking about it for a long time and gone on road trips and seen different cities, but we had thought the plan was quite a few years away and then some things changed in our life and we were like, okay, I think I think we're going to do it. And yeah, and so now we live in a house. It's like a a 1400 square foot rancher with a basement. Wow. It's cool. The upstairs still feels like we live in a condo a bit. Yeah. It's not too much bigger than our condo was, but now we have a, a basement and then the basement there's like a, there's actually a suite, which we haven't rented out, but um, it kind of came with the house. So okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, so what, like what prompted that shift? I mean, and I know with these kind of decisions, often people will say, well, that was, that was sudden when you guys had actually yeah. been thinking about it for at least a couple of years or actively kind of thinking about it for a couple of years and maybe simmering away behind the scenes yeah. for a couple of years prior. But what was there a moment or, or something that, that happened yeah, where you guys were, were like, okay, this, this is the time, this is when we do it? Well, so we had a couple of things. We were actually supposed to move overseas again to Malta, which mm-hmm. um, if you don't know where Malta is, it's a little island um, between Africa and Italy. It's mm-hmm. like a, you know, it's a ferry ride away from Sicily. And my husband was working over there for about a year. And I'd gone over for a month um, with the kids and we'd checked it out. So we were supposed to move there and our oldest son needed, needs extra supports. And we had um, got him some uh, like an an assessment done in the winter. And we just really realized that we couldn't get the support he needed in Malta. Mm -hmm. And we'd visited schools and it just really wasn't going to be a good fit for him. And he's, uh, he's eight now, but he's in a really like kind of vulnerable window for mm-hmm. getting the support. And so we realized like, okay, Malta is really not going to work out. And my husband, you know, I'd kind of been like doing this like three weeks solo parenting a month where my husband would like go away for three weeks and then come back for a week. So <laughs> it, it had been like incredibly stressful and we were like, you know, I just don't think this is worth it. So that was one thing where we're like, okay, so we're not going to move to Malta. And then we're like, what are we going to do? And, um, the real estate had like kind of gone up another notch where we realized that we could sell our, our, um, condo and move somewhere and buy a house for much, much less than what our, our condo cost us. And in that way we could kind of not, we're not set for life at all, Mm -hmm. but kind of go into, a phase where we don't need to work as much and we can spend more time with our kids, specifically our oldest. He's on the autism spectrum and like in quite high functioning, but for him to, you know, get the best out of things, he does need support. So, you know, that's, he wants to take a swim lesson. He needs someone there kind of helping him engage and stuff. And so we, we wanted to be able to do that for him. And it's also, we'd kind of, you know, it'd taken a long time to get this diagnosis, but I think once we got it, we realized like, you know, it's really stressful having a kid with special needs. And is there a way that we can kind of take some of that stress off? And, you know, the answer we came up with was moving somewhere considerably cheaper than Vancouver (laughs) so that, so that we wouldn't have to, you know, uh, specifically my husband wouldn't have to work as much and that we could really do a lot more co-parenting. So yeah, it just like, happened quite quickly in the spring and then we started house hunting and um kind of dropped the bomb on our family (laughs) and yeah we like came up in august bought a 
put an offer on a house that weekend and then moved up um, at the end of September. Okay. So it's it really, I mean, what, what you guys have done essentially is making a, I guess, a countercultural decision in terms of, I don't know if, if you came across this, but when we decided to sell our house, a lot of people were worried for us. You know, you're getting out of the market, yes. you're doing all of these things that, that maybe the financial advice is, it, it's flying in the face of traditional financial, financial advice, all that kind of stuff. And I get it. People's concerns are... They're like, they're well-founded, they're well-intentioned, but you looked at your priorities and the way you want to be living your life and who you want to be turning up for and the, the energy that you want to be able to give to your family. And you made a decision based on that rather than, you know, quotes, conventional wisdom. How, you know, and I think it's really (laughs) interesting to see how people react once they realize that you're making these kind of big decisions for very, very good and solid reasons did you find that once you were able to to tell people why you were making the choice, their reaction was different? Um, yeah, like I mean, when you say you know one of the big reasons we're moving is because we want to give more time to our our son who has special needs, they're like, okay, I totally mm. get that. But yes, the the initial like, particularly Vancouver is just this like ridiculous housing market, and people are like, well, once you sell, you'll never get back in, <laughs> yeah. you know. And they're like, I I'm like, oh, I appreciate your fear for me, but um. Like I can't live my life with, with that fear and, you know, being in a super hot housing market also has its detractors, right? Like the, the cost of living is going up and, you know, we've definitely seen in the two years that we're back in Vancouver, we were way the four years previous, it's changing the social makeup of downtown where it's uh, much more affluent families living there and, and there just isn't as much you know, socioeconomic diversity. So, you know, that, I mean, we had that in our mind too. Mm -hmm. And there's also the, you know, a bit of a burden to growing up in a really expensive city and that being your hometown. And like, I know because I grew up in Vancouver and then, you know, you had this emotional tie, this family tie to it. So, you know, I think it's, I love Vancouver and I think it's an amazing city and I hope my kids get to experience living there. But for now, I think, you know, it's better for me personally, like for my sanity and balance to have way less financial pressure and more time. Like, you know, it's, everybody's like, Oh, it's so good. You're spending time with your, you know, son who really needs it. But I also just needed some time for myself, you know, like just the basics. And, you know, I really wanted to volunteer more, which I just, I really couldn't with three kids and Mm -hmm. one who needed extra time and a spouse that works a ton. And that's really like, just happened like right away where I've had this great opportunity to be on a board of something and I feel like I can contribute. And so, yeah, like everyone, you know, circling back to your question. Yeah. People are like, so, so scared for you when they live in that hot housing market. They're like, we'll never see you again. And I'm like, you know, if we want to come back, we can rent. Like, you know, well, exactly. I mean, things don't, they don't, they don't exist. Like they don't cease to exist just when you you decide to move on and try something new. And yeah, it's that, I guess, giving yourself over in a certain way to that not knowing is quite freeing. Mm -hmm. And then also the freedom that that you guys are creating for yourselves by reducing the financial pressure of living in a place like Vancouver with high cost of living, you just, the benefits are, they're not just financial that, you know, that, that may well be one of the 
it is obviously a benefit, but possibly not one that is making itself as well known as spending more time with your kids or being able to volunteer or just having that, that headspace that, yeah. you know, that, that, that is so often taken up by stress of like you were solo parenting for three weeks out of the month and, you know, having to, to keep up with everything. I think that is something that often gets lost when we make these kind of decisions. People look very much at the numbers, at the data, at the trends and you know, forecasts and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. But what about the living part of it? So what's yeah. living in a small town like? How, how has it surprised you? Oh, man, in, in so many ways. <laughs> Before we moved here, there really there aren't a lot of sidewalks. Um, they have like a historic downtown and there's sidewalks there. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we live in, in a little, it's like a three-block area that if you just looked at it, it would look like a suburb in a, from a, a major metropolitan area. Mm-hmm. Like it's just houses and, and we actually have a couple sidewalks here, but you go another block and you know, that little slice of suburbs is like right up against a mountain and there's amazing trails like right out our doorstep and there's deer in our front yard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I've, I've kind of forgot how much I enjoy being outdoors. I was an athlete in my twenties and spent like most of my day outside and I hiked a lot before kids. And, and so I, I kind of forgot how much I enjoy like green trails and, and really being able to just access them whenever I want. So that has been amazing. And the other piece that's really surprised us right away is we were cycling to school and to like preschool drop off and, I couldn't believe how careful and cautious the drivers are around pedestrians and cyclists. Like it was, it was so strange. Like my husband and I kept going, did you see that? They just like actually stopped for us. It wasn't even like they slowed down. They, they stopped and like waited for us to pass or like my oldest, you know, he's like a new cyclist and like he goes really slow and no one's honking or anything. They're just waiting for him to like <laughs> finish the block in turn. And, um, and that's just been wonderful. And I've like really had this new appreciation for small town living and that people, if they don't actually know you, they know someone who knows you. And so mm-hmm. they have this, they really feel this responsibility and there's a real lack of anonymity here. Like everyone knows you. There's some downsides to that sure. too, obviously, but but it's also really, you know, it's really nice. And um, we moved specifically to this town because my brother lives here with his wife and three kids. And and we thought, you know, if we're going to move somewhere, why not move where we already have family? And that means extended family will come here more too. And mm. so, so we've really, really enjoyed um, the small town vibes here in a way that I just didn't like didn't think we could yeah. and it's really small like it's it's four thousand people <laughs> when you're from like vancouver no, that's a big difference yeah, there's no starbucks and there's like there's really not a lot in terms of like you know retail things and yeah. and services so um yeah and it's even like you know we thought oh well we lived in the isle of man and it was small but this is like this is another level of small right have there um, been any any so- um like any stumbling blocks or things that you hadn't really considered about about this shift that have taken you back or taken a little bit of time to to get used to well we've we've made lots of like just dumb mistakes like <laughs> people call you people call them city because they just like don't understand <laughs> how it works here like we um 
<laughs> we were there's a movie theater here and it's really cute and kind of historic and we were in town going to the library and my husband was like oh, I'm gonna go pick up tickets to go to the show tonight and like no one pre-buys tickets so he was like <laughs> I totally confused everyone there and they were like what and they're like um and like the tickets are like something like off a strip you know oh, wow. so it's like it's like here's your ticket and you know if someone so asks tell them like Marge gave it to you and like it's just <laughs> so small and like my brother was totally laughing at us. And then I got there and I'm like, oh, it's like a, you know, probably a hundred seat theater and there's like 20 people here. <laughs> so like, <laughs> there's no need to do things in advance. And yeah, like it's definitely, we, we have some, I feel that we are a little bit strange and, and also we're, we're still kind of like on city time a little bit of like, okay, I want to get this done. And like, it's taken a while to slow ourselves down and, right. you know. Because there is a noticeable p- change of pace. Is that what you found? Oh, the, the, yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. And people here are so, so careful about, like, guarding their time. And it's a school district that actually only runs four days. So they have Fridays off. And it's like the whole town has Fridays off, basically. So, it's everyone feels like, Oh, I, I deserve a long weekend. And um, yeah, it's like a, it's very different. And, you know, there's not as easy information, like it's harder to access things than you know, maybe not on a website you kind of have to ask a bunch of people mm-hmm. and they'll be like, Oh, you go here for that. So yeah, right, it's, yeah. Uh, it's been a change, but that, that part's also kind of fun, you know, just to like see, Oh wow. We have such set ways from living in a city we're so lucky because we don't have some traditional like nine to five constraints of being at out of the house and at jobs. Um, we both kind of work from home during school hours. So mm-hmm. we have a lot more patience for it too. And like, you know, there's a lot of snow to shovel and my <laughs> husband's like, I like shoveling the snow. And like, you know, he's, he's kind of gotten into it. And how's he sort of dealing with the the shift in his work situation because it sounds like his his hours are, are quite different than what they were when he was traveling and, and living in Malta yeah he's so happy okay <laughs> I hate to put that out there for people working long hours but he is like I've 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 really wanted him you know and he's loved the work he's done his previous job was like an incredible opportunity to be CEO of a startup and he really loved it but, um, you know, he's 47, I'm 40 and we have young kids and we're, we're kind of tired. So, mm. so to have this like much more relaxed schedule and like to be able to be there for kids, like after school and do those things like, yeah, he's, I haven't seen him have any crisis of oh, who am I without this job or he hasn't struggled to fill his time with things that interest him either. So he, you know, we both read a ton. He reads even more than I do. And the other nice thing, there's a great library here. And then you can, if they don't have it there, there's a network of small town libraries so they can bring things in for you. Okay. So, yeah, no, it's been, you know, we're kind of waiting. I know at the six month part point when you've moved, made a major move, you usually have this like real ennui and like, just don't. You're like, okay, what next? Um, so that is coming for us. And, mm-hmm. and um, I'm kind of like, you know, thinking of some ideas for it, be it take up something new or. 
And I wonder whether that's, yeah, that like that, that might be part of the reason that you both just kind of leapt into it and and really enjoying it is that you've given yourselves the, the space and the opportunity to be interested in other things as well. Like you didn't only define you know yourself by being busy it was we are making this move in order to have more of these things that we value oh yeah Mm. yeah I mean like you know it's 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 really hard but we are often giving ourselves like a some lip service to things that we value and you know I value family but we've we spent a year in like a pretty stressful situation where my kids I was the only parent and Mm. I know as great a job as I could do, it's, you know, not as good as having another parent there to spell you off or help you with things that you're not great at and give your kids like a different style of parenting. So I I went into that kind of knowing it wasn't going to be perfect, but um, it's been really nice to see this kind of progression of like, okay, we kind of got into minimalism like eight years ago. And, you know, we've tried a bunch of different things around that. And to feel like we had kind of the fortitude to take on a big change like this without feeling like, Oh, I've completely lost my identity because I'm a city person and I've always, you know, this is who I am. Right. Has been like good. It's been, you know, interesting and humbling. And I think um, made me a lot more empathetic Mm. to the people experiencing change do you feel like this is another step in the progression or evolution of what began as essentially you guys paying down debt and embracing minimalism do you feel like it's all been part of the same process of figuring out life yeah I mean it's like it's always going to be a journey I know from five years from now I'll be like oh and now I feel like this way about it but but right now I, I do feel like we've gone from the trying to get rid of stuff and trying to be less focused on things and putting value on those things to now it being more about time and, and mental real estate mm. and, and finding, finding that and more of that in our life, you know, be it trying to be, you know, just dis- disconnected more and putting the phones away and, you know, having a lot of screen free time and engaging in things where we can be really focused and just really engaged in it, be it like shoveling the driveway, you know, or, or just going for a walk and, you know, not listening to music and just enjoying being outdoors. I do feel it's kind of like our next piece that we really want to explore and work on is, is this, you know, our time and, and where our, our mental space is. Which actually is a beautiful tie into your, your new book and the joy of doing nothing, which I think is wonderful because I love the the addition of the word joy in it. You know, I know a lot of people would probably focus on the nothing, but I focused on the joy in the title. But that, that really, to me, it's all part of the process of figuring out how to create a life where our priorities are almost solely at the center of life. Like they're not always going to be, but you know, how, how do we create that kind of life and the, the different, points of evolution that we all go through and it all happens in different stages and different sequences and and, but I I do feel like so often we all end up at at this point where we start to realize how much is going on in our life and how much we benefit from removing some of that and just sitting in the space that we create you know and and whether it is activity or thought or clutter or money or you know movement or commitment or whatever it may be just this constant 
reevaluation and excavation of what's important is is fascinating to me. And I used to, I don't know about you, but when I first discovered this whole movement idea thing, I thought that I would get there one day, but I think it's just a constant <laughs> rediscovery, you know? Yes. Yes. There's, there's like, there's no finish line. No. There's no like perfect. And, you know, I still like, I write a lot about your stuff on my blog and I try and hammer home that like, it's never going to feel perfect. No. It's a, it's a process. And like, you know, you do some work and then things change or you see things a bit differently. And so, yeah, there's, there's no finish line, you know, it's just like, continuing to evolve and um you know like you you're different today than you were 10 years ago you're a different person you've grown and, and learned more things and and so this book I, I actually wrote the joy of doing nothing and it was right before I was working on it right before we made this decision and I feel like working on this book and you know there's some statistics around how, how much, you know, focus we give to screens and how little time we actually have to ourselves in quiet and without, you know, our minds all buzz. I think working on this book and having that in my, in my brain already, when we knew we were, we wanted to make some change and, and it was going to be a fairly big one. I was quite inspired, like, you know, because I'd spent months working on, a book about finding, you know, mental real estate for yourself and finding my moments of quiet, even if it's just five minutes, where your head is not full of to do lists or worries, and your attention isn't being sucked away by, um, you know, even music or, or, or some other consumption. So yeah, it was, it was definitely like, a jumping off point mm. for me <laughs> yeah, I think, into, into our new life here. Yeah, I think that there is definitely some magical power in writing and thinking deeply on something like that before even if you don't know it's before but but around the same time that you're making these kind of big decisions when I wrote my second book slow it's not dissimilar actually that really kicked off the entire conversation ongoing on on ongoing yeah. conversation between Ben and I about what we wanted life to look like and how you know my my focus in that book so much was on what kind of life do I want to live and what kind of life do I want to be able to look back on and see. And that question just kept rolling around my head as we, we found ourselves getting bogged down or stressed out about certain things. Like in the grand scheme, does this really matter? And it was, yeah, I think it's such a gift to be able to, to ruminate and kind of navel gaze to yeah. a certain extent on these ideas. Yeah. As a, as a writer, you have such a privilege to sit and, write about and think about things like finding more time in your life for um, sitting in silence. And you don't really get that at a lot of other jobs. Mm -hmm. And it is such a privilege. And, you know, I, I have to say this on my blog so many times. It's, it's such a privilege to get to talk about these things, to let them be important in your life, to, you know, spend time decluttering because so many people can't. Mm -hmm. This is not a reality for, for many, many people that they get to decide what comes and goes. Right. And I really try and, and remind myself of that. And, and as you know, Chris and I talked more about this big move, we're like, you know, other people don't necessarily have this kind of opportunity in terms of, you know, we've, we've um, accumulated this real estate, I guess you'd say wealth yeah. by good, just good fortune yeah. of having bought into a place eight years earlier 
And we're also people who like can do work from anywhere, which, you know, is, is there's definitely some uh, luck around that too. And even if we did, you know, pursue it, you have to kind of be in a, in a space anyways to actually do that kind of work. So we are lucky as writers Absolutely. to get this opportunity to reflect and, and it's, and then actually when, when you next get the opportunity to use that as a springboard for something in your life that you, you would like to change or explore, it's fantastic. And that's really what I've enjoyed so much about this, this book is that it's a book about, you know, slowing down. And in some ways it's a book about minimalism and simplicity, but in a totally different category, you know, there's so much focus Mm -hmm. on stuff. And this is really about that. You're kind of talking about the ether and it's, it's, about something that like, you don't have to go out and buy anything. You could literally just decide if I'm waiting for 10 minutes in a lineup, I'm not going to look at my phone. I'm going to take a couple deep breaths and I'm even going to allow myself not to worry or think about other things in my life. And speaking to people who, you know, are chronically stressed and feel overwhelmed. I love that this book has such kind of focused, simple, actionable ways to take that time and it's not like you know throw everything out or exactly or rejig your entire like change your job and and do all these things it's really about finding creative small ways to kind of feed yourself that quiet and time to 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 reflect or to even just you know, I talk a lot about kind of restarting your brain, like repowering a computer. Mm. Yeah, so I, I talk a lot about letting our brains actually just empty of all this information that's coming at us constantly and that, that we're thinking about constantly. And then letting yourself return from this like 10 minute break with a fresh a fresh mind mm. and kind of putting back in what the actual important things are and you know, it may be that you come out of it and you go, I got to write down all these little bits and pieces that I keep meeting to and that keep, you know, buy the cat food or sign some form. And that's, you know, you come out of that so that it's not weighing on you. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm trying to live that myself too, I'm trying to have pockets of time where I'm really not distracted and I am just having some quiet and letting my brain reset. Even on our new, like, groovy relaxed lifestyle up here you know I still got like three kids and I do work and um you know those things can just kind of accumulate in your mind and uh you know if you ever find yourself just lying in bed struggling to fall asleep because there's just too many things to think about then I think you could probably relate to a lot of what's uh what's in this book and use a lot of it yeah i mean you just you just nailed about three massive topics that i'm like i could talk to you for hours about these (laughs) specific things but i agree with you wholeheartedly that what the book has is all of these really practical things that aren't anything to do with decluttering your stuff and focusing your attention and energy there it's about ways that anyone regardless of where they find themselves can embrace this idea of slowing stopping being paying attention waking up but also just giving our brains a break to do nothing for a minute and i think that that is applicable to anyone we're all like regardless of what our our external situations are we're all feeling i think almost universally overwhelmed be it by information or busyness or 
you know, a combination of, of all of those things that come with modern life. Everyone is just a bit frazzled, particularly yeah. kind of this time of year as well. I feel like there's so much information and so much emphasis on the new year, new you, and, you know, all these things that we should be doing and all these things that we should be buying or trying or, you know, trying to strive for and achieve. And just embracing that that quiet for a bit is so important. And I think really for me, if if the idea of, of, of decluttering our physical stuff has any merit beyond, you know, the peace and space and, and time and energy and stuff, it's because it gives us the opportunity to to just be and to sit with the idea of nothingness for a bit because it, it scares people, mm-hmm. I think. You know, oh, yeah. we think of em- nothing as empty or dull or boring or sad or lonely or you know all these negative kind of ways of describing it and I think it's beautiful but I think I only think it's beautiful because I've spent time in that emptiness and discovered it yeah oh that's so true like it's so fearful to people nowadays to like to not be entertained or to not have access to a distraction or to not have something on their schedule and it's this new world Mm. of like of being uncomfortable with that when, you know, just a generation ago, it was like, if you wanted to watch your favorite TV show, it was coming on at like eight and you had to like, you're like, okay, until then I'm going to go for a walk. Or like, you know, you, you didn't have so many things on demand and there was a lot more quiet and, you know, grocery stores weren't open 24 hours a day and you had to kind of pick and choose and, and decide when and decide where, and the newspaper came to your house Mm. and you couldn't access it. And, I love how how easily, you know, I can read the newspaper um, now and, and read things that really interest me. But um, it's still, it's always going to be um, a piece of work to balance all of that information flow. And like, I think it, it really helps me to take that kind of break away from it. And then I can say, what's what piece is important to me? And, you know, what, what am I going to give my attention to? And what um, what can I kind of let go of giving my attention to? Exactly. And I think it's in that pause, in that break, that we're, we recognize that there is a choice. We don't have to dive headlong into all of it. We can choose how yes. much of it we embrace and how much of it we let go of. And I think there's a, yeah, yeah there's a freedom in that. Um, yeah. Much like there's a freedom in upping sticks and... and heading off to the mountains as well <laughs> like like you like I've done and you guys are uh, moments away from yeah too, hey? yeah exactly yeah. Well, as we speak we are, we're packing up tomorrow so Rachel it's been absolutely wonderful I hope that we get to catch up in person soon oh, that'd be great it would. yes yeah I'd do it yeah I think we'll just have to make it happen and then we'll Instagram it to prove it <laughs> yes prove together <laughs> exactly in person uh well in the meantime though enjoy your uh your, your mountain life your mountain town life and yeah. those cycle uh cycling adventures uh and yep. thank you so much congratulations by the way on the book it really is wonderful and i would highly recommend it to anyone who's struggling with that overwhelm and just the sense of too much happening uh it's it's fantastic and there will be links to purchase the book in the show notes over on slowyourhome.com but well done well, thank you. I so enjoy being on your uh, your podcast, and it's always I always have come away with new thoughts on things. And uh, yeah, you're just uh, you're a real treasure. Oh, thanks, mate. That's a nice thing to say. Yeah. Have a good day. <laughs> you too.
Bye. Bye.